This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be speaking with the Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. So make sure to tune in. We'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to be speaking to one of my favorite veterinary colleagues, Dr. Marty Becker. Dr. Becker, you don't even need an introduction. Everyone knows who you are. But just in case someone doesn't know who you are, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and what you're doing right now? Well, th- thanks, Justine. Uh, I still remember a couple of times when I've had some emergency. People know you as a, a emergency specialist and toxicologist. I still remember uh, given my cat a hydrogen peroxide because I thought it swallowed some Rimadyl. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Marty, what did you do? <laughs> oh my gosh. So you saved my bacon too. That had a good outcome. Thank golly. You know, I, I screwed up. I'm a still practicing veterinarian after four decades. I wanted to be a veterinarian from the time I was a little kid and was Back then, it was tough to get in school, Justine. 16 applicants for every opening in veterinary school. Right now, it's down to 1.4 to 1. That's a whole nother thing. Is that crazy? I hardly have enough applicants to, to fill the demand. But grew up in rural southern Idaho and potato country, went back there and practiced for years. And always had an interest in the human-animal bond and the healing power of pets that came out of veterinary school. And so while I was practicing, I was writing in veterinary journals and then writing uh, books, probably the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, those ones people would remember, and then started doing TV. And so it came, like you, a kind of a veterinary medical correspondent, but still in the trenches practicing. And in 2009, you know, when I was 55 years old, I was getting ready to slow down enjoy that beautiful horse ranch I live on in Northern Idaho with my my beloved wife, Teresa, and went to a lecture that changed my life. It was about fear, anxiety, and stress in pets. And it's funny, you'll find something like this legacy found me. I wasn't looking for it. And I'm not, when you look at this fear-free movement that is really global, there's fear-free certified veterinarians in 65 countries now. It's in Spanish, soon to be in other languages, and not just dogs and cats, but horses, and I think next will be dairy and possibly wildlife. 
But what I bring to Fear Free, I'm a popular, I, I can popularize something. And I have a lot of energy and I have a good network. I don't have some special gift. I'm not Temple Grandin. I'm not a board of veterinary behaviorist. But like you, Justine, if you do media, you got to be able to answer most questions. You know, you can't go, I'll get back to you. So you become a really good generalist. But anybody listening, I wouldn't recommend you take your pet to me for uh, the complicated senior cases, if you know what I mean. I doubt that's true, but that's another topic. So you are uh, too, too, too humble. All right. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is some information when it comes to pet health care. Now, in the veterinary community, we usually know where to go when it comes to finding the latest studies, treatments, surgeries, equipment. You've talked about how you've published before in some of these peer-reviewed veterinary studies, same with me. So we generally know where the veterinary profession goes for that, but where do you recommend that pet owners go when it comes to looking online for information about their pet's health? I will say a lot of vets say, hey, I hate when you know my pet owners go to Dr. Google, but I will also say, I didn't realize what was wrong with my thumbs when I first had my baby uh, several years ago. And within my first couple of weeks, I just had bilateral, so both of my thumbs had shooting pain whenever I picked up my infant. Granted, he was a load. He was almost nine and a half pounds when he was born. <laughs> but I had super sore thumbs. And after weeks of pain, I finally looked on Google and I discovered it is actually called mother's thumb. And without searching it, I wouldn't have known. And after I saw that, I scheduled an appointment. It ended up being the severe tenosynovitis, which is basically massive inflammation to the tendons of the thumb. And I got it treated. And thankfully, I got it treated. It responded really well to two injections of steroids. So as much as we poo-poo going to Dr. Google, where do you recommend that pet owners should go for reputable, credible sources when it comes to their pet's health? I love how you illustrate these things with your own stories. That That is I've never heard that term mother's thumb. It's really interesting. Well, you know, I'm a lot older than you, Justine. That I know. And when I first started practicing in the early 80s, we had a pulpit. It's like the priest that's elevated above everybody else. And you could just tell them what to do because we had a monopoly on product services and information. You know, you just took 10 seconds, which seems like an eternity, and were able to look up Mother's Thumb. Remember, we had the, the World Book Encyclopedia salesman came, and you had to go to the reference library. It's just a whole different time. Then, then the pet store employee came up. You saw these chains of pet stores, and it seemed like every healthcare solution was in a bag of food. You listen to these crazy things. I mean, this corn kills, this has no corn in it, and it's going to treat you know, have healthy skin, healthy ears, healthy teeth, healthy brain, healthy everything. If you just feed this super premium food, then then came these celebrity influencers. And you said something, when our kids get sick, our granddaughter gets sick or something, we use Dr. Google. But what I always tell people, we have online resources that are veterinary focused that are much more powerful. So you think of the veterinary information network or things, we can get the world's experts to chime in on a difficult case. Think of the ultimate medical rounds. So I tell people, I'm glad you bring the stuff in, but just know every case, every pet is different. And you know, we'll take what you give us and put it in, in this amalgam. But I think you have to find, you have to ask your veterinarian for recommendations on, on some of the places you might look. So I'm part of 
vet scoop and I'm, I'm part of fearfreehappyhomes.com. And so those are places that I know like fear, free, happy homes, every single thing is reviewed by board of veterinary behaviorists. And we have 65 of the 100 board of veterinary behaviorists as part of fear free and everything is backed by science. I know you're really uh, into science and studies, Justine, and we have uh, Dr. Gary Landsberg, our head of research. So if you, if you're the type that loves studies, there's 300 and some studies you can read there. And then our, uh, the newest group, vetscoop.com. There's really proud of this group. There's about 30 of us now. It hasn't quite been updated yet online. It's based on science, but it's kind of a blend of science and soul. It's edutainment. It's not stiff. It's not boring. But having two millennials, Justine, they're not going to watch Good Morning America like I was on for years. They're not going to read my nationally syndicated column. They are going to listen to, first of all, it takes a village. Uh, my son will listen to his dog walker. My daughter will listen to the place where she boards her dogs or gets them bathed. They listen to the the podcast of somebody. They are at the patio at the brew pub talking to somebody about their dog. So what we want is we just want to be one of the voices and hopefully a voice when it comes down to it. The one that really the true pet health expert is the veterinarian. Now, I know you said to go to credible sources, so absolutely vet scoop. Another place that I love that I'll often direct my pet owners to, at least in the veterinary ER, when it's really complex things like immune-mediated hemolytic anemia or cancer, is I'll often direct them to petplace.com or even uh, Merck veterinary manual, which, you know, is old school. Remember, we used to get those as, as actual books. Do you still recommend books as resources for pet owners? And obviously, you should probably disclose that you've written 30 plus, but what what is your recommendation for pet owners when it comes to books? You know, what's funny, we mentioned Pet Place. I like I like PetMD as well. So, it, I, and I have nothing to do. I do with VetScoop, but I have nothing to do with the others. But I think you can find you might find somebody that's a, a, a veterinarian and follow their career. And like with you, like with your website, Justine, or people follow drmartybecker.com. They'll trust you for advice. So your local veterinarian, maybe there's a veterinary celebrity, and then you'll probably look at two or three sites. As far as books anymore, you know, I've sold over 8 million books and books have changed. The last book I wrote was called From Fearful to Fear Free. And by most measures, it's an incredible success. You know, it sold 300,000 copies, but, you know, one of my books sold two and a half million copies. So most people of the millennials are not going to read a book. They are going to look for something specific. So you look like, you know, hemolytic anemia, and they want to learn just about that and learn some snippets about that. So they're probably going to go online. The books that I recommend, and I still do recommend, you know, I wrote a book called Your Dog, The Owner's Manual. And I wrote another book, Your Cat, The Owner's Manual. We spent two years, you know, books are a lot more difficult than you would think to do, two years on each of them. And they're very good definitive books with lots of expert tips. But most people, you know, they frankly haven't sold that well. And most of the, you know, a Dogs for Dummies and stuff, pretty paltry. I know the author of that one. But when I recommend books, Justine, I'm into anthologies. I love stuff that celebrate the bond, that tell those kind of stories that I often say there's only one greatest pet in the world and every family has her. <laughs> and, and it's a great thing about pets. You know, you have James, which I'm not, is James four or five or I've soon, just in a few weeks. And for our ER vet audience, he's two-legged, not four-legged. 
<laughs> so, you know, you think of five years old and you and I can talk about our kids and then we can talk about pets. And with pets, there's never jealousy. You know, like I have, a, I have an older brother, you know, and his kids were really smart. You know, it was always like he'd tell me stuff and I was always a little bit of like, oh, yeah, you know. But with pets, we all root for each other's pets and there's no jealousy there. So I do like people to know, too, when a veterinarian's pet gets sick, we freak out. You may see us with, the, you know, you're in ER, Justine, and you see everything coming in and, you know, where seconds count and painful memories last a lifetime, as Tony Johnson says, this ER expert. But when it's your pets are sick, Teresa will say, is Cutie Pie going to be okay? Yeah, I think so. He's, yeah, he's going to be okay. And I'm worried, you know, so we're just like you. We we worry just the same. And, and when they're in surgery and they're under anesthesia, we worry just the same. And when we lose a pet, it's even harder than for most people because in veterinary medicine, you are mostly connected to somebody and you may have a pet pass in one exam room and then you got to go to another room and see a kitten or a puppy. And so you can never fully grieve. And I've seen it come out when you lose a pet, you kind of have this collective mourning of, of loss that you haven't fully grieved you know, just the hectic realities of day-to-day -day vet med. With you more, I have shared on episodes of ER Vet before about my journey with JP, my, my pit bull who was diagnosed with a brain tumor and it rocked my world. I ended up spending tens of thousands of dollars on MRIs and CTs and stereotactic radiation therapy, but it really taught me how to be on the opposite side of that stainless steel exam table as a pet owner and definitely changed my empathy for how difficult it can be as a pet owner to hear the words your dog has cancer or to hear the costs to see the side effects of medication now i understand it so for all you pet owners out there who are dealing with things like chronic medical problems or cancer we definitely hear you and we, we definitely are there for you now let's take a short commercial break and then we'll talk about the importance of enrichment for our pets when we come back Here is an alarming statistic. More than two-thirds of dogs and cats have oral health disease by the age of three, and one of the indicators is bad breath. Do your pets have a healthy mouth? Do you cringe when it's time for a kiss or a snuggle? Let's get to the cause. Harmful bacteria in their mouth. And bad breath is just the start. The bad bacteria cause tartar and oral disease, which can lead to serious overall health problems. It's critical to make sure your pet's oral health is the best it can be, as good dental health is key to optimizing their overall health. Now, good news! It's easy and affordable to improve their oral health with Probiora Pet. Just one scoop of this dental care probiotic mixed into their food daily floods the mouth with positive bacteria, which crowds out the bad. This means better oral health and fresher breath. Probiora Pet is an all-natural dental care probiotic. It's odor and taste-free, so your pets will still enjoy their chow. We want to keep your pets healthy. During National Pet Oral Health Month, our listeners can save 10%. Go to ProBiorapet.com and use PLR10 at checkout. That's ProBiorapet.com. Use PLR10 at checkout to save 10%. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>
ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I've been speaking with Dr. Marty Becker about where to find credible information when it comes to doing research on your own to make sure your pet is healthy. When in doubt, please know that healthy pets visit vets. And you can always find credible information out there, but you want to make sure that it's credible. So how do you know as a pet owner? There is a lot of wrong information out there. I have seen wrong information on veterinary clinic websites too when it comes to poisoning information. You always want to go to the most credible sources. And so my recommendation is ask your veterinarian. Marty and I have talked about ones that we love from petplace.com to vet scoop to going to resources like the Merck veterinary manual to looking at veterinary websites and in general, credible ones and with a .edu or .org. Okay. If it's a .com, it's a pet owner or a random person or a random organization. So I always like to highly prioritize .edu or .org websites as credible sources. So going to websites that may be for a vet school. If you are a cat owner, I love directing people to the Cornell Feline Health Center. Whether or not you're a dog owner, they also have some dog information. If your dog or cat has cancer or more intensive internal medicine chronic medical problem, you can always go to the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine. ACVS.org, which stands for the American College of Veterinary Surgeons, has great information if your dog's about to have a major knee surgery. So most importantly, do your research, but talk to your veterinarian. Now, Dr. Becker, we've talked about celebrity pet influencers, celebrity vets, and a lot of people are out there. We just want to make sure that we're providing the best information out there now. We are all proponents as veterinarians and veterinary technicians, pet owners, animal rescuers of pet enrichment. What exactly is enrichment? Does that have anything to do with money? What's that mean? You know, I'm so loving being on this show because you just, my mind is just sparking with ideas and things. There's a Dr. Marty and there's the Dr. Becker. And so, you know, drmarty.com, drbecker.com, neither one are me. And so both of them sell pet food lines. And it's no, you know, Dr. Oz is the one started calling me America's veterinarian, but people want to hitchhike on something. And you know how certain things that always happens is you, you know, commercial pet food causes cancer. You got to feed this natural organic thing that I have. And you got to be really careful. I, I loved how you curated that about if you ask your veterinarian for some places, tell me two or three sites that, that I could look at and flag and look at all the time. And of course, you and I are both part of vetscoop.com. So we're, even though it's not a .edu or .org, it's the real deal. It's people that you would see at a, at a major veterinary conference filled full of veterinarians listen to this. And they just happen to have talent to pivot right around and talk to people at a, at a easily understood level. So enrichment is every animal, you know, it was, you know, I don't know with James, if you did baby Einstein and all things that we do, I remember with daughter Mikkel, with all these little waterproof games, we'd share a bath together and do all these things. And pets are amazing. You know, these dogs and cats are from conception to birth is around two months. And then another two months before most people get them. So four months from conception to where they typically enter your home. Talk about brains the some of the same things we do for children with dha and other things there are some foods that are really rich that help brain development but in the wild one of the biggest things for dogs and cats is eating 
And in the wild, 80% of their waking hours is spent in pursuit of food. So I live in extreme northern Idaho, deep in the mountains. I've seen, we had a grizzly bear two years in a row within 100 yards of our house uh, in our orchard. I've seen wolves within 100 feet of my house. And you never see a waddling wolf or a corpulent coyote with a big deer gut sitting by the side of the road going, man, I got to get back into shape, you know, man, I, 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 you know, I can't get on my pants anymore or anything. They're, they wake up hungry every day and it takes six steps to eat. So they got to detect their prey by sight or smell, pursue it, apprehend it, kill it, compete with the pack. And finally, I get to belly up to the beast to eat. And when I do get to the belly up to the beast to eat, I eat really fast because I don't know when I'm going to get pushed off. That's why they wolf their food down. If you put food in a bowl, you've gone right to step six, belly up to the beast and eat. So what took 80% of their waking hours to do, they're going to accomplish in one to three minutes. And so you've got to use something to recreate the hunt in the home in a non-lethal way. You're not going to actually turn, you know, 12, uh, the average cat in the wild eats 12 mice a day. You're not going to turn 12 mice loose in your house and have them do it. But there's ways to engage their mind where it takes thought, it takes memory, it takes manipulation to eat. And then, you know, you've said before that two 15 minute periods of exercise per day. I say to get pet panting tired every day. Their bodies are built for movement. There shouldn't be, uh, I don't know, Justine, you're younger than I, but I used to watch Lassie, you know, and the old Timmy, get help, Lassie, get help, you know. Well, now Lassie's collapsed in front of the TV watching Animal Planet reruns, you know, that's not good. So have their minds come alive, have their bodies be active. And luckily for millennials, I have two children that are millennials, not only millennials save in our cities and hopefully save our country, but they really take this seriously with their pets. Their pets are their kids. They're delaying children. They're delaying having marriage. And they want their pets healthy. They want their pets happy. They want their pets enriched. I'm here in Portland, Oregon. My son has sent his dogs off to take off about once a month to get a trip to the coast with the, a person that takes their dog over the ocean. And then they'll take them up in the mountains for a hike in the mountains. Thank God for millennials. That's enrichment on maybe a, a higher level. I'm going to tell you as a dog or cat owner, which is most of our audience listening on ER Vet, a lot of people think, you know, money's tight right now. I don't have the funds or the time to provide enrichment to my pet. And I'm going to tell you, you can be creative. Just like if you have human kids, you can put them in front of Tupperware or cardboard boxes. Same exact thing with dogs and cats. So you don't have to spend hundreds on toys, especially with the holidays coming up. You could use your leftover toilet paper roll and just fold over the edges, put a couple of snacks in there. I'm talking for cats right now. You can use ping pongs. My cat used to love not rolled up paper or crumpled up paper, but rolled up $1 bills. They were just thicker material. I guess you could use other bills too, but $1 is what we did in our house. And when I moved, I remember finding just a huge amount of wadded up bills underneath one of our tables when they moved it or one of our sofas. So you can get creative. You just want to make sure that that enrichment is safe for your pet. So if it's a cat, no tinsel, no yarn, no string, no long dangly things that can wrap around the base of your cat's tongue and get stuck as a linear foreign body. But again, it could be something really simple. 
If your cat is a chow hound and loves to eat all their food right away, only to promptly vomit it up right after, and you can't afford a fancy pet feeder or an environmental enrichment or a feeder that provides environmental enrichment, you could simply use something as simple as a 9 by 13 baking pan or even a muffin tin and put a couple of treats in each tin. So great ways of being able to think creatively. And for dog owners. There's a lot of different things you can do. You just want to make sure that your pet's not going to swallow off a piece of something and get it stuck in their stomach or their esophagus or their intestines. So one thing for me that I invested in was basically, and hopefully you're not using too many plastic bottles, when in doubt, splurge on a nicer water bottle. But if you have plastic water bottles around your house, you can take off the cap, you can stick it in some type of toy where they actually sell it. And just the crinkling noise of that plastic bottle being chewed on is stimulatory to your dog. So again, make sure it's pet proof. What I'm not going to encourage are long tube socks with a big knot in it. Because even if your dog chews on it, you're playing tug of war with it, I always worry your dog's going to swallow that sock and you're teaching your dog to play with socks. So you Labrador retriever owners out there, no socks as play toys, no hand towels, no underwear, nothing that they're going to swallow. Okay. But Please think creatively. When in doubt, ask your veterinarian. Ask your veterinary technician. There's a lot of creative things you can do. Cardboard box for a cat. They love it. So lots of different opportunities to provide that environmental enrichment. Dr. Becker, do you have any other tips that you want to leave with us when it comes to environmental enrichment for dogs and cats out there? Gosh, Justine, I'm sitting here thinking I'm going to write notes down of what Justine says about these things. <laughs> you, you know, we've done a lot. If they go to fear-free, happy homes, there's so much stuff on enrichment. That's one of the things. It's one thing to reduce fear, anxiety, and stress and increase happy and calm, but we've really got the, you know, experts in feline behavior and people and breed experts and really try and it's complimentary. Fear-free, happy homes, there's no, no charge for it. So, you know, we have, I'm glad you mentioned stuff that doesn't have any costs because we have a cat named Tally. And what we do is just use Chibane yogurt containers and we just split up. Uh, we feed the cat a little, a little wet and a little kibble. And we just take and split it up into five portions. And each one is pretty tiny if you look at the morning feeding, but it's just put in five different places in the house. And Tally doesn't know where it is. There might be one upstairs in the kid's bedroom and one up on top the you know, by the TV set in the TV room and one in the master bathroom and one at the top of the basement stairs and one down in the basement. We often have my two dogs, my do two daughter's dogs at home. So we have six dogs now and I'll just take, you know, three cups of dog food and go out and just scatter it like I'm planting seed out in the yard in this giant yard. And they'll be out there one hour with their noses just taking in these really deep breaths, trying to find little pieces of kibble down in the grass. It can be that simple. You can buy a piece of shag carpet even and just hide food down in the shag, in a section of, of carpet and put it in your garage in the winter. There's all sorts of kind of DIY things. But I think, you know, I grew up on a family farm in Southern Idaho. I remember a dog that wasn't a good gun dog because it was gun shy. And now I'm thinking, oh my God, this poor dog, you're shooting a shotgun off and you expect every dog just to be fine with the sound of a gun going off. Come from the time of, of sticking their nose in it, coming home and they pooped and you stick their dad and stick your nose in it and whack them with a the newspaper. Well, we're well beyond that now, thank God. But these dogs and cats, and I live on a horse ranch, are, have amazing minds. And 
Now in the, on our horses, we have jolly balls, these big inflatable balls that they kick around and nose around. We have these hanging feeders that they lick on. We'll put stuff in ice and freeze carrots and stuff in ice, more like what zoos do. And when you watch them, when you watch the anticipation, when you come out and they have a toy or you have some food thing that you've hidden, Amazing. Hey, I could ask you one question, Justine. And this is just, I thought of this when you were talking about no, you know, no tinsel, no yarn, nothing like that to play with. How many hair ties have you taken out of a cat in your lifetime or a dog? Too many to count. So great point. Remember like in the eighties and nineties, we used to use scrunchies. So scrunchies were like leftover cloth with elastic that we would put our hair in. And then all of a sudden people got away from scrunchies and started using these elastic, usually black elastic hair bands. And I can't believe I don't have any on me right now, but I usually have like two on each arm and, you know, I throw my hair up really quickly. Please don't use these as toys. Same with rubber bands. Cats, for some weird reason, love to chew on these things. Even some dogs. I've seen some cats that have like 50 hair ties taken under their stomach. First of all, who has 50 hair ties in their household? But important thing, please don't use these as toys and try to fling them down the hallway. You're basically teaching our cat to eat them. And it's a couple thousand dollars to do emergency surgery. So when it comes to environmental enrichment, you definitely want to make sure you're using safe toys that are out there. That's funny. Going into veterans often have a, a kind of a museum of kidney stones and foreign bodies and things. And it's crazy to see a big, like a Costco size mayonnaise jar full of hair ties that have been taken out of cats. And it's not, it's an expensive lesson you learn. So you definitely don't want to do that. You know, uh, Justine, I want to thank you for letting me be part of your podcast. You know, I tell you this to your face, and I tell you behind your back, I'm a big fan of yours because you're the type that can hold the attention of a real science-based veterinary audience that wants to learn about emergency care, ER, or toxicology, but you can also turn right around and, and a lay audience. You know, we always talk about a fifth grade level and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what most of us like, you know, when you'd like to take in information is that where you understand the terms and things like that. And also really glad that you know, we get to share a platform called vetscoop.com that is people that we admire, people that we like, people that we learn from, and it's delivered in a way that millennials especially like, you know, YouTube and podcasts and, and Instagram live and, and things like that, not, not the ways that we have delivered stuff in the past. Well, thank you. It is also an honor to be able to interview you and love what you do, love what you're doing with Vet Scoop in terms of education, because all of us as veterinary professionals want to make sure that you are taking care of your pet as best as possible. It's not just keeping them healthy. It's not just keeping them out of the ER. It's keeping them happy at home too. And studies have shown that when we have pets in our life, it actually lowers our blood pressure. It decreases cardiac disease. It makes us exercise more. It helps us lose weight. There are so many benefits of owning pets. So please make sure to give your cat and your dog or cats and dogs or a combination of all of them, a special hug from all of us today. Dr. Becker, thank you so much for all that you do. And thanks so much for joining us today on today's ER Vet Podcast. Thank you, friend. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee.com. Or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. 
With that, we're out of time. And we want to thank you again, Dr. Marty Becker and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.